to which we are willing to give Jesus access to what is deeply beneath the surface in our lives is a degree to which we will experience freedom in Him. It's easy to be growing in Bible knowledge and learning things about God, but not necessarily growing into becoming a more loving, humble, approachable, and teachable person. Welcome you back to the Cliff Temple Podcast. I'm Gannon Sims. My name is Trevor Jameson. And uh, we're guiding uh, the congregation and all of our friends who might be listening through a study of Pete Scazzaro's book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And this session covers uh, what Scazzaro uh, terms as the daily office uh, and the Sabbath. And the daily office is really what Trevor. The daily office is really sort of your daily pattern, right? It's just a daily sort of framework for your life to continually direct you back to God. And yeah. so office, you know, it seems a little lost these days. We think of office, you maybe think of principal's office or some big room <laughs> it's, that you It's, it's not going with in. God to the principal's office. Uh, no, it's it's a daily rhythm of prayer. So um, Scazzaro gets it from the the... The monastics, uh, the medieval church, uh, if, if would would kind of be in this this way of praying in the morning, at noon, at night, and it's it's a it's a good a way of thinking about our own days if we can um, pause in the morning, at noon, and at night to really um, center ourselves and uh, to allow God uh, to call us back to Himself, and um, each one of those moments is like a mini sabbath and that ushers us into a conversation we'll focus on maybe a little more today which is the the whole concept of sabbath observance and what that means for us as christians right one thing um that is interesting about this daily office sort of thing is that um i don't know if you've seen this or those listening have kind of recognized this but habit this idea of habit is kind of seeing a revival in American culture these days. Um, I'm thinking of books. First one as obvious as Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. This whole idea that culture is going back to really kind of remembering that, hey, maybe the things we do every day actually kind of form who we are and kind of determine what we do after that, right? So, in atomic habits, if you wake up and immediately you just sit on the couch and scroll on your phone, that'll lead to other bad habits, but maybe we could change that. So uh, how do you see this kind of flowing into this idea of daily office? Well, uh, habits, like you said, Trevor, shape us. And so a boundaryless life, <laughs> um, as, as enticing for some as it may seem, is, is really a recipe for uh, not a lot of good. And so having uh, habits uh, can shape us, and I think particularly those, those uh, habits are, are Christian practices rooted in prayer, rooted in, in the Sabbath, rooted in a lot of the things that we've been uh, speaking about uh, here on the podcast, uh, do uh, point us to God. And, and even at moments where we, we're not quite sure, um, we're having moments of doubt, uh, moments of, of even unbelief in some ways. I feel like the church has focused so much on uh, right belief 
that we haven't really focused on a right practice. So we have a lot of Christians with great brains, uh, but haven't fully maybe engaged uh, our hearts, our hands. And so I think practice encapsulates all of those things. How do we fully engage our heart, our head, our hands uh, as we follow Jesus? Why do you think that is? Why why is it um, so easy for us these days to learn things mentally, but really have a hard time putting them into practice? Because it seems to me, I do a really good job putting into practice, looking at Facebook and Instagram. (laughs) That seems to be a habit that comes. Why is that so natural? But um, these things that we recognize as life-giving and we want to do and we talk about weekly in Sunday school, why are these things so hard for us? Why do you think that is? Because they take intention and they take planning and they take time. And we are reticent to plan things because we want to see what our options are, keep our keep our options open, and then we make a claim of being too busy. But I, I wonder if we really are too busy. Um, and, and the thing about practices, Trevor, is it, it, it helps us sort of like add. It's like, how do we do everything that we do with intention? So say maybe you're driving in the car right now and you think you're too busy, but perhaps there's somebody riding in the car with you and you're listening to this together. Perhaps you have a discussion about this. Uh, perhaps you're, um, again, adding intention. You're praying uh, with one another before you get out of the car. It's like, how do you add a little Christian practice to all of the things that you already do during the day? And voila, that's a recipe for discipleship. And I, I think that that's something as a church we're we're going to really move uh, fully into um, as people of the way. So I'll, I want to keep pressing on this because okay, I think fine. this is important for this idea of daily office and Sabbath, uh, as we're about to talk about in a little bit. What is the line where Christianity, I don't know, in some ways, it should be a high calling, right? Like taking up your cross, we talk about that a lot. That should be really terrifying and a sort of sort of holy sort of calling that we have um, that we should have reverence and respect for. But um, it, where do we find the line between really it should just take a lot of work? Like Christianity shouldn't just be like, well, it should just come naturally and it should be really easy and it should fit into your life as you have it. But we also don't want to say like, hey, you know, what you're doing right now doesn't matter. You just need to drop it all for the church and what the pastors say or whatever, right? Like, where's the line in between there? Between like, what I do matters, my work matters, my kids matter, my spouse matters. Um, I have a rhythm of life. But in other ways, it, it sounds like you're saying it should be a sort of call to like put some work into it, right? To like change your life and change your habits. I, where's, I don't know. I, is this making sense? Well, it <laughs> is. We're not talking about works righteousness. We're not yeah. talking about, we'll push a little bit harder. But I, and my, my challenge though is, what do we desire? What do we long for? Uh, do we long for God? Do we long for holiness? Do we want our life to be rooted in his? Do we want to be walking alongside um, the resurrected Jesus every day? Do we want to uh, have a conscious approach appraisal of that um and and that's what i mean so it's like how how are we taking every thought but also every action a captive to christ best we can we're gonna sin five times and maybe get maybe get this uh right once in a while 
Um, but again, it's it's the it's the following Jesus every day, um, rather than just waiting to sit in a class or study or worship. Um, those those are the things where we get to we get together and testify what God's doing every day. Um, it's, it's really though what I'm what I'm interested in here, and what I think the emotionally healthy spirituality, emotionally healthy discipleship gets us in is is the the everyday routine, mundane life stuff, and how Jesus is already there if we just would wake up to that fact. That's good. Yeah. So it's helpful. Maybe a little reflection for us is that. The Catholic, our Catholic brothers and sisters who have focused so heavily on habits, um, you know, the, it seems like Protestants in general have reacted pretty harshly against that because they can fall into a direction of sort of works-based righteousness, as you put it. Um, but at the same time, maybe we need to be cautious not to just wholesale abandon nope. this, throw the baby out with the bathwater and... Um, say, well, you know, we're just free in Christ to do whatever you want, right? Yeah. And um, in a way, that's what Western culture was built on, was this free to do whatever you want that kind of sp- jumped out of the Protestant revolution, not to go too heavy into history here, but it maybe gives us some context for that inner desire to want to resist any sort of like, hey, I don't need a, I don't need a God rubric for my life, right? right? Because it should come from the Spirit. Well, that's true. But what I hear you saying is, you know, this is really about. I liked what you said, desires, right? What do we desire? And um, and I think people who talk about habits a lot, like Saint Thomas Aquinas, he says, he seems to believe that your desire is shaped by your habits, and your habits are shaped by your desire. Right? It, it's a two way street yep. here. All those. And the one, and whenever you make it a one way street, I think is when you can fall into maybe some danger zone so as we uh look at something like the sabbath um i want to go ahead and just read um from exodus 20 here um and I'll, i'll just focus on the sabbath commandment um but it's interesting um i was leading us a bible study at a community college recently and uh, I brought up the point that, you know, you get all this stuff beforehand, the stuff we, we know. Um, I am the Lord your God who brought you to the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. All right. That one makes sense. Got that down. Um, you shouldn't make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or the earth beneath. All right. Yeah. Got it. Right. No idols. Only God. Check. Uh, and you shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. All right, that one can confuse us sometimes, but we seem to get the idea, right? Lord's name is holy. We should reverence him and respect him. And then uh, in the middle, we get Sabbath. I'll come back to this in a second. But then you get don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal. And I don't think most of us consider those optional, right? (laughs) And we look in the middle here and we get this, we get a whole paragraph here about this. Here it is. I'll read it. Verse eight. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or your alien and resident in your towns. For six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. It's as if when Moses was penning this down, he's like, 
Hey, so I'm not even just, I'm going to belabor this point so much that I'm going to go to the very beginning of creation to make this evident why this matters. Why do you think this is such a long statement here? Why not expand on all the other ones? Well, it's sort of the linchpin of all the commandments. It's right there in the middle. Um, it's, it's right between the ones about God and the ones about human actions. And what's holding it all together, it seems, is Sabbath observance. Uh, hallow this day. If God rested, so should we. So what is the key maybe for Christian practice than the practice of the Sabbath? Does the Sabbath, the, the, the Jews have this, this uh, idea, this, this concept of working from our rest. And in hyperproductive American society, we have this concept of like resting from our work. And so how is this regular rhythm of Sabbath practice that we see right here embedded in the middle of the commandments um, actually something that we're living out of as opposed to uh, working really, really hard and then you know, collapsing at the end of a work day or work week and uh, trying to recoup all of our energy? Um, but but there's a, a different way of, of relating. So... Um... Why work? What is it about work and rest that kind of gets at the heart of God, right? If this is the linchpin for the Ten Commandments, right, that what a lot of people call the heart of God. Um, and when I was teaching this lesson to the community college students, I was saying, you know, this, they had no Old Testament at this time. If It's as if, you know, you were asking, who is Yahweh? And this dude comes down the mountain with two tablets with 10 rules on them, right? This is what you got. This is who God is. Um, why, why belabor this idea of rest and work? What is it? A, what is God trying to tell us here about who we are and who God is? I think the invitation to rest is an invitation to be with God. Um, and so you have a... A, a God who wants us to be in relationship with him. And this is sort of seems to me to be this open invitation. So this isn't some arbitrary. It's interesting, Trevor, um, I, I was doing research on this. The Islamic faith uh, does not teach that God rests. God is all powerful. If God rests, then that is to show God somehow as less than or weak. Hmm. And we can't mm -hmm. show God like that. But uh, and and Judeo-Christian uh, practice and, and teaching, it, we we think precisely the opposite. So, um, and I think it is this deeply relational uh, God that we serve. That uh, so so all that to say, this this invitation to rest is an invitation to be with God. Yeah. No. I I think that's. That seems to make sense to me, right? Um, and I think it's also interesting that what you're maybe suggesting here is that the heart of God is is rest. Um, and this has been stated since St. Augustine, who I think was in the year yeah, 300. Our, our hearts uh, will not find right. rest until they rest in thee, in God. And, and in all of our frenetic activity... Um, stopping to recognize that all of that is 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 just it's not um 
but for the ability to acknowledge God and all of his goodness, to find our rest there, to find our peace there, to find our hope there, and uh, hopefully to live, again, from that desire. Um, and it, I don't know, It that's just, that's where I think uh, we're all to land uh, as we uh, walk along uh, the the experience of life that ultimately is leading us toward union with him and, and which is our final rest, right? Mm. Find mm-hmm. home here with him uh, so that we can long for that, that uh, eternal home. And I'm always comforted by the fact that if, if we as Christians, by, by following Jesus, by accepting him as Lord of our life, then from that moment of acceptance, that moment from, of belief, our eternal life with him begins then. It's not something we're waiting for. It's, it's something that actually starts, that we're starting to live in even now. And so I want my uh, life in him to reflect something of that eternal reality that I'll have in him. And Sabbath then offers the opportunity for eternity to sort of be expressed in that day every week as I delight in him. This is, uh, because if I'm being honest, (laughs) it can feel like uh, I can sympathize with the idea that God is is work, right? That you were kind of talking about in the Islamic faith because it, I think we're so trained to believe that stuff only happens when we do, right? When we do when things. We do when things. we do things. Oh, work. Yeah, yeah. We just think if, yeah, if we stop, then the whole world's going to fall apart, Trevor. Right. Right? But the opposite um, is a statement of our faith and a proclamation, but not just even a proclamation that God controls the rest of our week. It's to actually find, I think as Abraham Heschel says, that, moment of eternity mm-hmm. right within time every single week yep. that um god god controls it all and that um i can't remember where i read it but even just to say that if we hate the sabbath then we'll really hate eternity yeah. with god <laughs> yeah it's, like, it's kind of a terrifying concept yeah. and um i don't know i'm just trying to be honest here with like why you know i brought up how all these things we don't consider optional in the Ten Commandments, but Sabbath, I seem to, you know, just at least in my actions, I don't think I would ever say Sabbath is optional or I would ever say God is work. I would never say those things. But sometimes I wonder if my, uh, my those sort of interior beliefs, those hidden beliefs that I haven't dug up sometimes kind of come out through um, my desire to constantly work to not rest on Sundays. And uh, and for me, that seems to be the connection point for this whole emotionally healthy spirituality thing is why talk about Sabbath and daily office in the middle of talking about your emotions and your past and all these things? Well, it seems to me um, that the ultimate grounding for our faith kind of happens in these daily events, as you said, right? In these mundane events that... What you do with these mundane things, what you do with that one day a week really says a lot about how God pertains to the rest of these things that happen 
in our interior lives. I don't know. This is yeah. it's just starting to kind of click for me why you would end a book about emotions and like basically therapy and then say, let's talk about the Sabbath now, right? <laughs> yeah, because we 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 you know, we don't practice it. We do it to our own peril. And so it's just Again, it's an invitation to rest. It's an invitation to, you know, to really disclose what our true heart's desire is. And it's, you know, uh, you know, God in Christ Jesus, once again, with this hand extended to us, really, you know, asking, do we trust him? Do we really want to go on this journey of trust? And if we do, do we not trust the world to function okay for a day? And again, like, I think we need to talk now a little bit, Trevor, about just what this looks like practically for people. I mean, you're a dad with uh, a young daughter at home. Other people, again, like I said earlier, we think, well, I'm, I'm too busy to do this. We've got, you know, family activity and all this stuff. How, how can we practice even a glimmer of this uh, in our daily life? It's, it's tough. You know, I think um, even when I wasn't a dad before I had the challenge of, gosh, being in school and uh, in some ways being at a job where I get a weekend makes things, it makes it a lot easier than it was in school um, because that had the challenge and the temptation that if I wasn't always reading, if I wasn't always writing, I was falling behind. Mm-hmm. And if I was falling behind, I wouldn't get the grade I was supposed to. And if I didn't get the grade, I could have, you know, this and, and, and so on. It just goes on and on. And it literally, you know, sort of shows this lack of trust in God, I think, in that way. And I had to come to my have a come to Jesus moment with that. But when I was became a dad, I mean, I, I'm starting to understand why it is tough. Right. You know, when uh, my daughter wakes up at six and, you know, starts needing me right and needing me to dress her and change her diaper and do all these things and how do you have a sabbath in that um i think first of all at least for me and then i'm, I'm interested to hear what your sabbath looks like it's it it does kind of have to have this over this forty thousand foot view thirty thousand foot view whatever airplanes actually fly out right <laughs> so you have to uh really i think do the preparations for sabbath Everyone has to prepare for it. I think you can do simple things like meal prep. I think you can do simple things like get your shopping done the day before. Don't leave it off, you know, till the Sabbath day or whatever, you know. And, and of course, there's always room for grace and all this. But can you get those things done to make it more restful? I think the second thing is what's restful as a family, right? I would love Gannon to just sit on the couch on Saturday. That would be a dream, right? <laughs> like read. Sounds miserable to yeah. me. <laughs> I'd love to just sit and read. That's what I want. But I can't do that because my daughter will slowly lose her mind and tear apart the house. So let's find some middle ground and uh, and go to the park, right? And just rest and be outside. Um, maybe it's not always what I want, but it's how we rest as a family. Other things I do is, you know, I can we. I think I talked about this at my table when we were talking about Sabbath at, at our Wednesday night event was... Um, Playing hockey on a Friday night, late at night, that's a mini Sabbath for me, right? What are small ways you can find Sabbath for yourself? And then as a family, how can you rest together? Um, I think is a big deal. How can I model that for my daughter going forward? So 
Um, I don't want to belabor this point, but you know there are multiple facets to this. I think you have to take into account. Yeah. And I think the, the the biggest premise here embedded in the Ten Commandments in, in the in the Sabbath commandment is it's 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 we keep it. It is holy. We remember it, but it is in the in the middle of it. It says you do not work. And so it's like, how is Sabbath a day where we are not? working and that means working at I think the whatever it is that our paid work is and so um, a lot of us are distracted a lot of us can check email uh, whenever uh, whenever it comes across our phone and a lot of us just spend our, our time distracted we are not present with one another as a family. We're not present with our children. And I think we're doing our families, our children, a great disservice by not being fully present. So how is Sabbath an invitation to stop so that we may be fully present to one another? How, do we put the phones away? Do we put them in a basket? Do we turn them off? Uh, is that possible? And in addition to st- work stoppage it is an invitation to rest so it, it is a chance to maybe to to take a nap to find some quiet time um but it's also i you know i don't want us to think that the sabbath is this day where you 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 know everybody's got to sit still like you said trevor sabbath is a day of delight it's a day where you get to revel in the goodness of the lord it's a day where you get to do something fun that you've been planning to do it's you know bake something make something go on a walk go on a run whatever it is uh, something that brings delight i was with some some folks uh in one of the uh groups last night and and you know delight for a lot of folks was sitting on the 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 back uh porch of the the home where we were being hosted it's just it's a delightful environment with beautiful uh plants and just a, a really lovely setting and that's a, that was something we talked about together as a as a place uh, where we could delight in the lord together and that that delight moves us into this this attitude of contemplation to to contemplate god and god's beauty and god's goodness in the beauty of our holy temple which is 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 here i mean god is with us god god the holy spirit and dwells inside of the hearts of of every believer and so um that's the sabbath invitation and so i I, i'd say the the biggest biggest thing i think for so many of us is that uh being present being present together and i'd even say with the daily office is being present to one of like my wife and are trying to pray together at night uh, before bed and that's that's requiring a we don't numb out on the phones we just put them away we keep our phones not in our bedroom um so that we can actually be present to one another i mean what a concept but i I do think we need it we we desperately need it something's got to give and i think that's the 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 technological uh thing is is one of those something you're tapping on i think um before we wrap up here is symbolic action i think is important to um sabbath and daily office and the things we do every day um i think they're just helpful reminders you know so when you you come in the house and you put the phone in the basket or whatever um it's that action that leads you to and one thing i was struck by is one of our college students uh led a, a sabbath sort of worship service and um and she talked about how 
lighting can the two candles um i can't remember what they symbolize at this at the moment but one is to stop and one is to rejoice i think and when you light the two during this sort of like sing song sort of service she would do with her family Mm -hmm. uh it was the start of sabbath and that's how they knew it starts and um and when it ends and i think these just little reminders make it so we're not just floating through our week right Um, yeah i mean the the, having a schedule is good for kids you know it's it's good for all of us and so i mean it's it's great and we have we have these neighborhood networks with neighborhood network through the church and one of those groups is is primarily for college students and and you're right they they led this beautiful sort of sabbath observance service of celebration last night um and and you know this the student who led grew up uh, practicing this with her family it was because her her family said you know friday night this is what we're doing this is how our dinner is going to be and and they were able to sort of like enter in uh to the weekend that way uh in, in our house uh, i vacuum at carry dusts like we do a little bit of we do a few house chores that feel like work that we don't particularly enjoy, but we do those as a a simple symbolic act of getting our house clean, but also welcoming the Sabbath. Again, these it doesn't have to be a huge production, but a few little things. And so, so to challenge all of you who are, who are listening, it's like, what is the little thing you can do to prepare yourself to be suspended in time for a day every week? where you delight in the presence of the Lord, where you delight in the presence of the Lord um, throughout your day. So, um, again, think on these things, and we look forward to continuing uh, these discussions. So um, let me say a prayer uh, for us, and and we'll uh, go on about our day. Uh, So, Lord, we thank you that you are the Lord of the Sabbath, that you created this Sabbath rest for us so that we could truly climb up into your rest, so that we could find our rest in you. And so I pray rest over every person listening. I pray for an explosion of discipleship as we go. And I pray for all of the many, many little things that we do in the day. I pray that we would enter into all of those little things a little more aware of your presence in them. So let us take every thought captive to you, Lord Christ. Let us take every action captive to you. Let us journey with you as we go about our days, as we drive along the road, as we, as we get out, as we go uh, into stores, into school, into work as we go back home and uh, make food and uh, make beds and go down for the night. This we ask in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen.